You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Force Perspectives. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and joining me, as always, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Man, I don't know about that illustrious part. A lot of people met me in Epcot last week, and I'm sure my reputation suffered as a result now that they know the truth. (laughs) What a a mess of a human being I am in person. So I highly doubt that. I highly (laughs) doubt that. Uh, That's awesome. You, You guys had a good you guys had a good show down at Epcot. It was one of the highlights of my career, honestly, just getting to meet so many very different crowd than a than a convention. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of tipsy people, a lot of friendly (laughs) tipsy people walking around Epcot. Very different dynamic, but uh, really, really amazing, really, really humbling. Uh, Both Tina and I were signing our prints and uh, a lot of people were kind enough to not only purchase prints there, um, but I was surprised at how many people brought prints that they had already ordered from Acme just to meet me and have me sign them. And it was it was like, really, you carried this all the way through an entire Disney. What are you going to do with this print now? Like, yeah. you can't go on any rides with this now. Um, wow. But like, that was a very humbling experience that people came specifically just to have me sign the print. Like, yeah, no, I'm going home now. We're local. It's like, what? You came all this. It was like the strangest, coolest thing. Um, seriously, huge shout out and thank you to anybody who, uh, did make the trip and, and said hello and chatted with me and helped those very warm afternoons go by very, very quickly. <laughs> that is awesome. That's so yeah, cool. Was, I'm, I'm glad wonderful. that you guys had a great time and, uh, and it was, it was worthwhile. You know, you never. sometimes you never know, right? With, with, with the art stuff, it's like, I'm going to go to this thing and maybe, you know, it'll, it'll be good and I'll sell some stuff and I'll meet some people and whatever. Um, and then you get to a thing and it's like, oh, there's other stuff and nobody cares about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, I was definitely not sure what to expect. This was the first time we were invited. I mean, Acme in general mm-hmm. treated us so well. Uh, they, they always treat us well, but like this was basically an excuse to just go hang out in Disney world for what, four or five days. Um, shout out to Ryan and Michael Whitney at the, uh, in the Acme area. You guys are amazing. Lauren took amazing care of Tina. Um, yeah, we were, we were very fortunate and I believe, uh, we are kind of unofficially, but sort of officially invited to go back next year already. So awesome. We are, we are really pumped and looking forward to that. That's fantastic. I, we got to ride guardians too. I know that's not on topic, but like the, the, uh, one of a friend of ours who's in analytics at yeah. Disney was able to get us on guardians without having to do the, uh, the lottery stuff. It was really amazing. So shout nice. out to Brandon also. That's fantastic. I awesome. Um, yeah, well, I, I back to, back to podcast stuff. <laughs> I, cause that that's awesome and exciting, but, uh, we got a ton of stuff 
going on with Thunder Quack and with Force Perspectives Ooh. this month. Um, for those of you who are listening on the on the regular podcast feed, it is February, and in the month of February, we are doing our Thunder Quack uh, pledge drive. So um, if you head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack and you pledge over there, um, not only will you get all of the, the sort of regular Thunderquack uh, uh, bonuses and, and that sort of thing that, that are just our standard Patreon that we've been doing for a while, which includes early access to this podcast um, a, a, a few days early. It's a few days early, but I... Uh, uh, but you'll also get access to all of our bonus content that we're doing this month. So um, for the month of February, sort of throughout it, we're going to have a bunch of bonus episodes drop I, I that are Patreon exclusive. You'll only be able to get them there um, with some uh, with some really fun topics and that sort of thing. I Let's see. I mean... This is the thing is that is that this episode technically drops before the launch of the pledge drive. So the bonus episodes won't be up yet. But I'll tell you that like the the Monday, Monday, Tuesday uh, of of the following week. So like the, the first full week of February. Um, it, Actually, it's Groundhog Day, by the way, I, I if you're listening to this on 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 release day, um, regular release day. I, but I, that, that like the following weekend or after the following weekend, we'll, we'll have uh perfect 10 star Wars, a new hope up on the, uh, the, uh, the, the exclusive Patreon feed for you as well as um, later that week, we should have the thunder quack podcast exclusive with Joe and I, where we're going to, we're going to rank all 151 original Pokemon. It's going to be a disaster. Yeah, from from <laughs> be, from worst to best. I and I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. I don't think that we'll get much debate. I have not discussed this with Joe, but I'll tell you right now. I'm pretty sure the bottom of the list is Mr. Mime. I think I, I think we I think we can just firmly put him at 151 and safe, then safe bet. I I something is telling me there is someone worse than him, but I I feel pretty so? comfortable with yeah. our prediction on that one. Oh, you know what? Jinx might be might be one. Yeah, Jinx kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jinx is pretty lame. So there's a little preview of you uh, for you of of what we're gonna what we're gonna do over there on the Thunderquack <laughs> podcast for that exclusive <laughs> Patreon episode. But all of our active shows, so that's Force Perspectives, Rebel Cells, uh, the Saga Continues, Wampa's Lair. Those are all the Star Wars shows that will have exclusive content uh, up on the Patreon in the month of February. Now, like. It'll it'll be up there and it'll be up there in perpetuity, right? So it's not like you've got like if you don't join in February, you're not gonna get it. But but we're just kinda we're kinda tracking it in February. That's the mm-hmm. idea, is that we wanna kinda have this push in February. So all of this content's gonna come out over the course of the twenty-nine days of February this year. It's a leap year. Um and then I uh, we've got a goal that we're tracking. So by the end of the month, if we can reach certain milestones, we will uh, we'll we'll have more exclusive content coming. Um, so I one of those things is that if I think it's three hundred dollars, if we hit that, then I I will do another round of bonus episodes for everybody. Um, but if we can hit. <laughs> Joe, I haven't I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I did. I, did, I mean, I have because I sent you the thing and you looked you, you had the chance to look at it, but I don't know if you looked closely enough. If we hit three hundred and fifty dollars, we're going to start doing the podcast as video as well, because. Oh, cool. 
we've got Zencaster and we can record, but it's a lot of extra effort to do that editing um, to get it out on on video uh, and and not just on audio. But if we can hit three hundred and fifty dollars a month on Patreon uh, from from supporters, then uh, then yeah, we'll 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 turn our cameras on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you'll be able to get video. I don't know content. anyone who wants to see my face, but yours maybe. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just know that like some people people have asked over the years for video content, like for more mm. video stuff, right? So um, that's one of those things. It's just it requires a lot of time. But um, that so that's happening right now. I I there's there will be details on social media as well as uh, there will actually be a full episode on that Monday. Um, which is, uh, what is that? Like the fifth, um, let's see. Yeah. The, on the, on the fifth, there'll, there'll be a, a, an episode on this feed. Um, I, where I, I'll break down everything. I'll, I'll go through the whole thing. Um, that'll be on, it'll actually be on all of the podcast feeds. So if you subscribe to more than one Thunder Quack podcast, you're going to get inundated with me, uh, with like a, a 20 minute episode of me talking oh about boy. the pledge drive, but um, you know, you only have to listen to it on one of them and you can delete it on the rest of the feeds. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, I'll have all of all of the details and we'll have everything worked out and, and, and I'll give you guys the, the full breakdown of everything and where we're at and, uh, and where we want to get to by the end of February. But that's happening right now. The other thing that's happening in February, this episode's a little bit early for it, but because we're on the four week schedule, this kind of counts as our Star Wars podcast day episode. So February 7th, uh, which is is that Wednesday, I, I following the launch of our, our, our uh, pledge drive, we uh, will we'll be participating in Star Wars podcast day. Um, we will have this episode uh, uh, as part of that. And we've got a uh, an episode of Rebel Cells coming out this week as well that that will be a part of that because obviously the Bad Match trailer dropped and and all of the details and stuff for season three are out. So uh, Joe and Kyle and I are going to uh, uh, get together later today, actually this evening. <laughs> that does this doesn't sound like something we would do. I don't know. Man. Yeah, and uh, and and we're gonna and we're gonna talk about Bad Batch season three and everything that we're looking forward to and break down the trailer and everything. So. Um, so that actually is probably also in your podcast feed right now as well. Uh, so go check that out. Um, but yeah, but we're, we're part of star Wars podcast day. Both of the podcasts are as well as the Wampus layer, um, is also participating this year. Um, and like over a hundred star Wars podcasts are, are participating in star Wars podcast day. So, uh, so definitely go check out, they've got an Instagram at star Wars pod day. Um, uh, go follow that. And, uh, and, and you'll, you'll be able to get all of the details of all of the shows. I'm not going to run them all down here, but, um, but, but I mean, like there are some, there's some great shows, some, some, some shows, uh, friends of this show as well. Um, let me see. Uh, let's, let's, let's bring up a couple of them. We got, uh, uh, the, the, it's the Yubcast, right. Uh, is, is, uh, another animated, uh, focused star Wars podcast. Um, that's, uh, that I, I, they're they're awesome on on social media we interact with them all the time um let's see into a larger world i i is a, is a great podcast as well that's going to be participating in this i mean like there's just there's so many dude this list is crazy <laughs> uh, uh like i said the wampas layer uh oh man i'm i'm looking through i'm looking through the list and i'm looking for like like our our friends <laughs> 
<laughs> to call them out specifically. Uh, Rebel Base Card is is another one of those ones that we interact with on on social media a lot. So uh, they're great. Um, yeah, man, it, there, there's there's a ton. I mean, there's so many Star Wars podcasts now. It's so funny. When I started almost 16 years ago, you know, 15 and a half years ago, uh, there were there's just a handful, you know, like less than 100, it felt like. Mm. Um, and now it, it feels like there's 100 Star Wars podcasts, new Star Wars podcasts like every day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it th- this is... Uh, this is a really cool thing to be a part of, to participate with, uh, uh, just to help promote all of these. Uh, you know what it is? It's like there are there are so many Star Wars podcasts, and I think you guys know the big ones, right? But this is a really good opportunity to find some more like sort of off the beaten path um, Star Wars podcasts that that you know you get maybe some some more interesting. Uh, uh, takes on Star Wars than just sort of the uh, the some more some of the more standard stuff in the bigger shows. You know what happens is the bigger shows have to play it safe because they don't want to they don't want to upset their audiences and stuff. Not that the, not that all of them do, but um, but I I find that like you, you get some you get some fun like niche takes on things from some of these smaller podcasts as well as stuff that's like more focused in the way that like we are with rebel cells, right. Um, stuff that's like very dedicated specifically to animation or right. to, to, to the books or whatever. So this is a really, really great opportunity to, um, to discover some of those new shows. Um, and there's a lot of really great people participating this year. So, uh, yeah, go, go check that out. Star Wars pod day on Instagram and February 7th is the official uh, Star Wars podcast day. So make sure that you share our podcasts uh, and uh, uh, let people know about your favorites during that. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that I want to talk about before we get into it? I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, we got Rebel Cells coming back. Um, we'll be back like in full force later in the month of february real with, soon yeah, a lot sooner soon. than i expected yeah with uh with our episode recaps and uh yeah i mean it's about i think it's about less than a month eight, eight or nine weeks of that i, I don't remember how many so there's a couple of like double episodes right so um, right the, the first week is three of them the mid-season ish is two yeah and then yeah. I think that's a very it's it's a very similar breakdown to to season two. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks. It brings us all the way to May first. So that that takes right. us all the way to basically to May the fourth. Um, I'll tell you this right now. I'll bet you anything they announce a new animated series. Uh, I but, really hope so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Whatever's coming it. next, and the reason at which will once we know it's it'll be really clear why Bad Batch ended in season three. But I also think this is great. I think I'm excited about it because I I think that um it'll be nice to have like a uh like a bookend on it, right? It, it it won't go on too long and it won't you know meander. But to have like that as sort of like a final story. Um, I got to tell you, though, not to bring it back to yeah. Epcot, but like I most of my prints are, are focused on Clone Wars and Bad Batch and, and mm-hmm. all the animated stuff. And kind of the small talk question I was asking everybody is, oh, so did you see the Bad Batch trailer? It it had dropped the day before I started signing. Yeah. And everybody, everybody commented saying, I don't want it to end. And we all kind of settle on the same thing. Well, 
yeah, like we don't want it to end, but there's probably a very clear reason it's going to end. Yeah. And chances are like with this focused, definitive, you know, ending, there's a reason for it, right? Like we're, we're going to get, I think a very impactful story with it. Yeah. Having yeah. this, like we we're choosing to end it now. There's no way it's, it's just because like, they're just bored of doing bad batch. You know what I mean? Totally. I, I mean, I, I think that the end of the season will set up the, some of these characters to show up in other things in the future. Um, and I think, I, I think know. that actually might be one of the reasons why they are ending it is, is to allow um, for some of these characters to, to crop up in other things. Cause I think it's hard to tell stories further into the future when you've got um, when you've got sort of the past still playing out. So I think mm-hmm. it's easier to like kind of wrap it up, say that's the end of that story. Right. And obviously, you know, stuff in between that, that can and will happen, but yeah, there's there 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 are a few characters that I am expecting to show up in some future things, um, and some of them are bad batch characters. So, um, yeah, I I I I, I mean, we'll get into that. We'll get into that on Rebel Cells. We'll we'll get into <laughs> into the details of it. Get into the weeds of it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I I get th- there's just a little bit of news that I'll just really quickly touch on. We won't get into any of the like debating of it or anything, but I just wanted to to note that Daisy Ridley's been doing a lot of press lately for mm-hmm. um for her movie. Uh, Sometimes I think about dying, which is I think premiering in the states. Uh, I like really soon. Sometime sometime in the next couple of weeks, uh, if it hasn't already. Um, so she's been doing a ton of press and people keep asking her about star Wars, obviously, cause she is the only person confirmed coming back for, for the, the new Jedi order movie. Right. So she's been doing a lot of talking. Um, and one of the things that I would like to just highlight and get excited about is that she has said that she's now she hasn't, I don't think she's read the script cause I think they're still, they're still kind of in the process of, of, of finishing it up. But that like the story is pretty nailed down and uh, to, to quote her, it's cool as shit, <laughs> which like uh, is just great. Um, and, and she kind of went on to say that that if the story wasn't there, she wouldn't be coming back. She would have been like, yeah, come talk to me in another five years. Um, and and I like this is the thing is that you look at the choices that she's made with her career outside of Star Wars. And I think that she's actually gotten really shrewd about that sort of thing. I think that mm. um, that the Tom Holland one that she did, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, uh, I don't think anyone remembers. Yeah, what it, was it was like, I think like she looks at that as like, ooh, yeah, no misstep. Right. Um, that it just it just wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't solid. But but I think that she's looking at, you know, the the creative team that's that's behind this new movie um, and the story that they want to tell. And she's she's down because it's worthwhile. So um, that look, I I have I have absolute faith in her. Uh, and when she says that, I believe it. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean the movie that is is going to be as good as as the story, right? Because because sometimes, and like if you broke down the story of Rise of Skywalker, I think that people would be like, oh, cool. And then you get into the details of the Rise of Skywalker, and you're like, mm, not so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so you know, it, it films are collaborative and they evolve over the course of production. So there's a lot that can happen between now and release, but 
Um, but it does give me faith. It does give me a lot of faith that she's like excited about it. This is, I don't think that this is about the money as much as the reports are saying she's being paid over $12 million for it. It's like, well, yeah, she should be. It's going to make Disney a lot of money. So they should pay her Mm. a lot of money. That's how that works. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, and, and then, you know, there's, because she's in the press and because people are talking about this movie, they continue to just be the worst on the internet about these things. Um, another thing happened is she said some, she made a comment about like JJ Abrams said to her, um, when, when they signed her for the force awakens, like, this is, this is going to be a big deal. Like, this is a, basically i'm paraphrasing this is a religion to a lot of people and it's going to be intense uh and then later in the interview she she mentions that like over the like by the time that they were filming the last jedi she had severe anxiety and like had holes in her stomach that had developed and stuff Mm. um and i mean that's all sort of that all sort of uh is around the same time of like her leaving social media and all of that sort of thing. Right. Um, and people, I don't, I don't quite understand. I mean, I kind of understand, but I don't fully understand people going after JJ Abrams for that. Like, it's like, why would you say that to her? It's like, I had, he said that or not said that I'm pretty sure the result would have been the same. Like it, the fact that she was a woman taking the lead in star Wars was going to create the, the backlash that it did and, and the nonsense that it did. Um, uh, which I think is going to be difficult for anybody to handle, no matter how prepared or unprepared they are. Sure. So I look at it and it's like, I like, like, look, there's a lot of stuff that we can get mad at JJ for um, over the course of, of the production of those films. I don't think that this is one of those things, but I, people tend to want to like scapegoat and villainize and that sort of thing. And it's like, I, I, I think in this instance, it's, it's pretty unfair to like put that on JJ Abrams. I don't, I don't think that JJ Abrams telling her that it was going to be a circus gave her more anxiety than the circus itself. Like Mm. if it did, it doesn't even blip. It doesn't even register compared to the nonsense that went on. Right. So I, I understand, I feel where some of the fans are coming from because I think that it's like a protective place of their, like it's upsetting for them that, that this is the way that things go. But like, it's star Wars. And unfortunately this is the way that it is. And I don't know, these people don't represent the fandom as a whole, but they definitely do make more noise than the rest of the fandom, which is unfortunate. They're, they're very, very loud. Uh, and, and therefore cause a great deal of, of difficulty for the actors. I also think that there's a lot of bad faith actors in there that really don't give a crap about star Wars. And they're just jumping on whatever, especially now, especially now, you know, I think on the last episode, we talked a little bit about that, about, about sort of the, the, the people going after, after the director of the new, new uh, Ray movie and, uh, and all of that. And it's like, there's a lot of people in that, that it's like, they've just been given conservative talking points uh and and a target and they're just and they're just going after and they really like they don't care that much about star wars um but then it ends up making the conversation seem like the star wars fandom is once again blah 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 and it's like i don't know about you but the people that i'm talking to in the star wars fandom are not these people right um 
so yeah i don't know it's it's difficult because it's just i don't it's not representative of of i think who we are as a larger group um and i think that always ends up coming out at celebration right like these stars go to celebration hayden christensen's such a great example he goes to star wars celebration and discovers that like oh oh actually like this character and this performance is beloved like everybody tells me that i'm the worst and it's like, yeah, not us, not us. We love Anakin Skywalker. Um, and so they get to see what the fandom actually is. And uh, without the, without the obnoxiousness of the internet, right. Um, the where people get to hide behind things, but, but anyways, I, yeah, that's, I, that's all just kind of going on. Uh, people are, people were like going crazy for a second of like the idea of a star Wars. What if, because Marvel, what if finished its season? And then there were rumors that they're working on a star Wars. What if animated series, which that might be what they announced on May the 4th. I I don't know that. I don't necessarily think that that's what it's going to be. I think we're going to get some connective tissue either from the OT to the sequel trilogy or something from the sequel trilogy to the new Jedi order stuff. Um, that's, that's my bet. That would be the, I think the best strategic move for Lucasfilm and for the animated division right now. But, um, but if they do make a star Wars, what if, first of all, it won't be called star Wars. What if it will most likely be called star Wars infinities, unless there's a problem with using that title mm. with like, I don't know if dark horse maybe owns it. Cause it's something that they published. I don't, I doubt it because the licensing agreement probably doesn't work that way. Right. But mm. I would imagine you would call it star Wars infinities. Cause that, that already exists as a concept. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I I'd be down for it. I'm I'm also wondering if Tales of the Jedi is, is going to continue to be something that's mm. very short form. Like yeah. I'm wondering if, you know, they did that first one and it was obviously pretty popular, people really enjoyed it. Is season two going to be longer now because of that, or is or are they just happy kind of making those yeah. bite sized little seasons and episodes? Um Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think that, I think they're going to use Tales of the Jedi as a way to, uh, uh, generate buzz around certain characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they did it with Ahsoka, I, I sort of in the, in the, just to prep a bunch of people. It's like, oh, well, you don't have to go watch all of the Clone Wars. You can just, you can just watch these episodes of Tales of the Jedi and in like half an hour, <laughs> you can like be caught up on, no. on ahsoka tano as a character and understand who she is and, and where she's at enough to watch ahsoka right mm. and um there's a certain character that maybe is coming back in bad batch that maybe will show up in the ahsoka <laughs> series or you know mandalorian the mandalorian movie or you know I, like i can't whatever. wait to talk about that i have yeah. so many questions we're, we're, so we're gonna get into it but we <laughs> yeah. but we gotta we're almost at half an hour now so we gotta we gotta <laughs> like cut off this and we gotta get into our topic because we got so much to talk about with this topic. It's, and this is more important. What we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode is so much more important than anything else that we just talked. <laughs> I'm being a little bit facetious, but um, yeah, I, I think the tales of the Jedi is going to be used as like a marketing tool. I think that's, I think it's, that's its primary thing. It'll probably be like, like they okay did with with the that. last one. As long as it's good. Yeah. First season was awesome. As long yeah. as it's good. I don't care. 
Um, and, and I think it's just Dave's way of going like, mm, there's some stuff I need to tell here. There's some gaps I need to fill in for these various things for whatever reason. So I'm going to just do this and this and this. Um, Cause that's, that was the Genesis of that show, right? Was him going mm. like, I have stuff that needs to be told about Ahsoka in advance of the Ahsoka show. No doubt stuff that w- that he had originally probably put into those scripts. Mm. Um, and then, and then like had to go like, well, this doesn't fit in here anymore. Cause we got to stay focused on these things. And so that's what became tales of the Jedi. I guarantee it. And then it was like, mm. Oh, we'll also do Dooku. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hope that we get a new season of tales of the Jedi sooner rather than later. May the fourth would be really rad if they just dropped it. Then they were like, here's four episodes about Asajj and four episodes about Kanan and four episodes. I want them to do four characters this time, but you know, the one that I kept hearing, cause it was, this was another kind of small talk question. I was asking yeah. everybody, multiple people said Balin. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. And That'd you know what? Awesome. It, there's every possibility that if that is the case, that they've already recorded all of the dialogue. I mean, if, if, uh, if, hope so. if it were to drop, cause we know we're getting more tales of the Jedi this year. So if that, like when that drops, if there is Balin stuff or even Shin stuff, right. And which will involve Balin, then the likelihood of them having already recorded everything with Ray Stevenson is, is yeah, like that, 99%. That would be the rad. Right? That would be awesome. So it'd be really cool to get more with him with Ray Stevenson um, in a, in advance of season two of Ahsoka. Um, I think that that's likely. I think that that's actually probably a pretty good guess. Um, cool. Cool. Well, let's get into our topic. Let's, let's jump into this. Uh, we're going to, we're going to run down uh, each of our lists, our top five expanded universe characters. Now, listen, it's our top five expanded universe characters today, right? Yeah, like, like <laughs> exactly. This, this list shifts and, you know, I mean, I'm sure for you that there are a few that, that are always on there and, yes. uh, and yes. you know, but, but you know, there's a lot of characters in the EU. Um, most of them suck, but, uh, but there are some really, really cool ones. So we're going to get into that. I, I, do you want to start off or do you want me to start off? I'm happy with either, man. I'm good to go. All right, I uh, let me start off. Let let yeah, me let me get this one out of the way right up top. Set the tone. <laughs> Set the tone. I'm gonna go with my my first one that we're gonna talk about. Uh, it'll be brief. It'll be very brief okay. because most of it is aesthetic, and that is Jackson. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jackson introduced in the comic books, uh, in the Marvel comic books in in the the 70s and early 80s. Um, He's a bounty hunter. He's uh, 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 their species is Lepi, right? He's a he's a he's a giant green rabbit uh, in a spacesuit, um, an orange spacesuit. Now, there's a very specific reason why I like this character. Uh, actually, there are two. The first one is that a lot of people don't like this character. <laughs> so, like most Glupshittos, I that's why I like him because he's an underdog. I, I, the other reason that I like him so much is because he is, he was ripped off by another uh, uh, character uh, in the early nineties by name, by the name of Bucky O'Hare. And I loved Bucky O'Hare, the cartoon show, (laughs) um, which also featured an anthropomorphic rabbit, a green rabbit in a, I mean, like it was a red, he's like in a red space suit. That's also kind of a little bit like a, 
uh, he's kind of got like a Captain Crunch, you yeah. know, sort of vibe yeah. to it as well. But uh, yeah, that character very, very obviously ripped off of Jackson. Um, but uh, but all of that said, I actually do find Jackson to be a really interesting character when he's used well, um, which is sort of few and far between. But uh, but you know, I mean, the comics, are, the, those comics are kind of what they are, right? They're 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 kind of just you know throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Um, but Jackson is an interesting character to me because he, uh, he has this look and yet he's, uh, he's kind of antithetical to it. Cause he's kind of a jerk, right? Like he's kind of, he's, a, he's got a little bit of Han Solo in him. There's a little bit of like that sort of rogue, uh, scoundrel thing, but he's not necessarily a good person, right? Like he's not mm. like, like he's, he's, he's very much like out for himself. So, um, but you know, like most star Wars stories, ultimately he, he, he falls on the side of our heroes, uh, more often than not. Um, so I don't know. I, I think one of my things with Jackson is that there's a lot of potential there with that character. I would love to see him show up in something, um, and get the opportunity to really like flesh that out. Right. Um, the hard one of the hardest parts of this is that like a bunch of my favorites were actually like have 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 been canonized. Um, you know, actually, I you had know the what? Same I, thought. I have to take one of these. I I well maybe not. We can kind of leave them because they they haven't really been fleshed out that much. But I do I do have two characters on this list. I'm just realizing now that are actually like canonized. They're not expanded universe characters anymore. Mm. Um, I mean, we can talk about like their, their expanded universe versions compared to what we've seen so far, but, uh, cause like Kersantin would have been one of those characters mm. before. Cause I really like Kersantin, but, but he's like now officially like a real star Wars character, not just an expanded universe. Um, I don't know. I guess the comics are kind of the, the Disney comics are considered Canon as well. Right. But. Um, until they're not <laughs> until they're not exactly i mean that's that's basically always the way it's been yeah but. um i might actually switch out one of these characters okay about that i might switch one okay. but yeah so i i i would like to see i br- i bring that up i bring up chrysanthemum specifically because i would like to see jackson get that treatment i would like to see him show up as a supporting character in one of these other shows um and for him to have an opportunity to to be fleshed out and for the wider audience to get to see him. Um, Cause I do think that he kind of, he fits an archetype really well that, that we like to play with, with Han. I, um, I, Oh my God, his name just fell out of my head. I, 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 I Cobb, Cobb Vanth, right. Like has mm-hmm. like that, that sort of like scoundrel with a heart of gold sort of, sort of vibe to him. Right. Even even Mando a little bit. I don't know. Mando's kind of a like like Din is a is a slightly different thing. But um, but yeah, I, I I would love to see him show up at some point in the future, uh, in live action because I just think that it would it would it would be a a it would be a really cool opportunity for them to do a practical effect character in the same way that they did with Kersantin. So we can have like something physical and real that we can that we can see and it's a Mm -hmm. and it's a species that is not established in live action so there's a lot of room there but um yeah that's it that's jackson that's all i have to say about that character yeah like i said it's mostly aesthetic i i just like a giant green rabbit in a spacesuit it's i think it's fun 
I, um, I think it's a matter of time before we see him in a background somewhere. You know sure. what I mean? Like it's 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 almost inevitable because he's such like a he's such like a perfect character to have like, you know, in your uh if if we were in Book of Boba Fett, that little gambling cantina, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If he was sitting there he would not have been out of place. And no. he does have that like infamous little uh uh, you know reputation and he has his dedicated following and yeah i could see that being a little piece of fan service that uh that we could we could get in the future i would totally. not be surprised what's your what's your first one okay i think i'm gonna go with uh since we're talking that archetype i'll do dash rendar smuggler heart of gold um really conceived just to be the han solo substitute for shadows of the empire because you, yeah. you needed that kind of character for you know the video game and the story that they wanted to tell but i really like a lot of the um differences that we kind of see in dash versus han where han is really is that cocky and really does believe in himself but dash is a lot more um he, he puts up a macho front but he's really insecure he, uh, you know, there, he really is an amazing pilot. He really is an amazing shot. But there's one scene where he uh, believes he misses a shot. And as a result, uh, a missile explodes and, and uh, a bunch of Bothans, I think it's Bothans, die during uh, that scene in Shadows of the Empire. And, you know, he's he's just kind of like, I can't believe it. I never miss. I never miss that shot. And it's really all of his insecurities creeping up on him and i like that little little bit of uh you know character flaws like his hubris really uh being tested and shake almost shaking some sense to him but but really put him in this state of shell shock where he's almost killed as a result and um they play on that even more there's a novel that takes place before shadows of the empire that shows more of the rivalry between him and Han and I think Lando a little bit, maybe mm. if I'm remembering correctly, but you know, seeing how he's differentiated from Han a little bit, I always liked the character design as silly and nineties as it is, right? Like the Rob, Rob Liefeld. Am I thinking of the right person with just patches and shoulder pads and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. It really was like Dash's design really was a, a product of, 90s cool guy comic heroes um but there's more to him there's more to him and i really love shadows of the empire so he's the protagonist in the video game so i just really associate it with discovering star wars beyond the movies for me because shadows of the empire was the first real expanded universe thing that i familiarized myself with after seeing the films and um it just was it was very connective considering how big that marketing campaign was you know it was the movie campaign without the movie and it's just kyle is the more you kind of get to know him and there isn't that much um source material for him but like the more you get to know him the more he isn't just that han solo substitute character and yeah i don't know man like i just i always really gravitated towards him i don't prefer him over han solo but i i just i always liked that he was there um and there were i liked that there were more layers to him than just like the cocky smuggler um yeah. and i, I like that at the heart of it 
there is a real friendship between him and Han Solo. Yeah. I the 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 dash thing is always is is interesting to me. It's like it's like Jar Jar and the Ewoks, right? It wasn't until I got online sure. that I learned that like everybody else hates these things. Yeah. Right? Cuz cuz for me, I was like I play Chet as the Empire. I'm like Dash Rendar seems pretty cool to me. I, I don't know. <laughs> like he's yeah, he's Han Solo diet, right? Like it's you know, it's we have Han Solo at home, right? But <laughs> but but also like you're saying, like he is also his own character, mm-hmm. right? Um there's another one that I would love to see crop up in something and get get an opportunity to sort of like get a get the the uh the post Disney makeover, the post Disney glow up that, yeah. that a few characters yeah. have gotten in in the last he, few years. He is mentioned in New Canon. I'm pretty sure he's mentioned in War of the Bounty Hunters or something. Okay. So like he's running around. Yeah. But That's we have good. not seen him yet. Uh yeah, but I mean obviously Shadows of the Empire is like firmly legends. It's been mm-hmm. completely replaced by a bunch of really bad comic books. Yeah. Um, and so, which yeah. I that like to me, that is the most upsetting thing about sort of like like the 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 way that Disney has handled the comics and uh I guess it's more Marvel, but like it's sort of the Lucasfilm uh strategy with the comics and the and the time period between a new hope and uh empire and between empire and jedi is that like they've really given those time periods to the comic books um and the comic books are not like no one's keeping an eye on that stuff (laughs) you know what i mean it feels a little bit it's a little bit wild west um and uh and so there's some really good stuff in the comics, but there's also been a, a much larger amount of stuff. I feel like that has just been shoveled out because they, they just, there's so many titles and it's Marvel. So that's what Marvel does. Right. Um, and, and I like, it really makes me yearn for the days of dark horse where dude, dark horse is back. Dark horse is doing some things. Like, I don't know if you're reading hyperspace stories. It's basically, one Star Wars tale story every issue. Oh, nice. Like, you never know what you're going to get. What yeah. artists are you going to get? And same thing with IDW. IDW is also doing some Star Wars stuff. They're more for, like, younger kids, but, like, yeah, with the same stuff, thing. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's really the Marvel stuff that's that's falling short for me. It is. It is. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. They just, and they're, they're just trying to cram too much story into those time periods. Mm. Um, And I will always say this. Like, if if something monumental happened between a new hope and empire, there would have been a movie. If something big happened between empire and Jedi, there would have been a movie, mm-hmm. right? Like that, like there would have been, and I don't mean that like, Oh, like they would have made a movie of like, I'm what I mean is like the story of the original trilogy is those three pieces because that's when the story occurs. Mm-hmm. And if there's time in between, those stories that happen in between need to be much smaller, but like war of the bounty hunters is bigger than anything that happens in yeah. empire or Jedi. It's, it's, it's massive involving like 30 characters and ridiculous things. And Kira comes back and Boba Fett does all of this stuff. And like, it's just, it's the thing about shadows of the empire that I thought was so great about it is that it really managed to, um, to sort of like perfectly fit 
a narrative space in between two movies, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like some stuff happened and like, cause obviously we, Luke is in a very different place in return of the Jedi than he is in empire strikes back. So right. obviously some stuff occurred. So there is room to tell a story there, but like, there wasn't another death star, right? Like right, there wasn't yeah. another, like, like the clones didn't all come back and, you know, like, like it's just like the, the, the scale of these stories and the scale of what Luke experiences specifically in between the, 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 the three original trilogy films in the comics. I think it's just like, it's, I've talked about this a million times in within the first two arcs of the Marvel star Wars comic Luke Skywalker fights Darth Vader on the back of a speeder bike with his lightsaber. Right. And gets away somehow. And then he fights Boba Fett and wins and gets away somehow. Luke Skywalker, that, that whiny obnoxious twerp in empire strikes back. Right. Like, I'm like, you guys know, I love Luke. I love Luke. But like the character that we see at the beginning, beginning of Empire, certainly the character that we see at the end of A New Hope is not capable of these things. He just isn't. He just isn't. It, like based on what we see on screen, he isn't. And as we talked about in our last episode, the fight between him and Vader on, on Bespin, the only reason that he survives is because Vader chooses to allow him to survive. Right? Like he's he's toying with him. It's a game for Vader. Um, so the idea that all of this other stuff could happen, it just like, it drives me nuts. Uh, anyways, that's a whole tangent. <laughs> uh, you want me to jump into my next one? Yeah, you're up. You're okay, up. cool. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, two characters that are sort of one character, um, from, uh, from my favorite part of expanded universe, uh, content, uh, which is the Han Solo adventures. And that's Bollocks and Blue Max. Uh, so Bollocks and Blue Max are a droid pair. Um, Blue Max is really just like, um, actually, so some of this makes it into Solo, which is I'm one sorry. of the reasons what, why what, I love Solo what, so much. What's the first one's name again? Bollocks. B-O-L-L-U-X. Literally Bollocks. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Just making sure I heard it right. Okay. Yeah. And Blue Max. So Bollocks is a protocol droid. Bollocks is less is the less interesting of the two. Um uh, and he's really just sort of like an accessory to Blue Max, but the concept of Blue Max made it into uh, into Solo when in the sequence when L three gets hooked into the Millennium Falcon. So uh, they take L 3s processor, right, like the like L 3s brain out of the droid and hook it directly into the ship. And then that obviously ends up influencing, uh, uh, like sort of retconning the scene in empire when three PO's like, I don't know where your ship learned to speak, but it has a most peculiar dialect. Now we know that like, Oh, that's L three. Like three PO was having a conversation with L three and three PO being the, like the dutiful droid. Uh, if he was confronted with L three of like, you know, telling him to throw off his shackles and, you know, fight the fight against the organics. Um, I, 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 he, that would be his reaction. It's like, I don't know where this person came from, but they are a little intense. Um, but that concept of a droid sort of like being like the, the casing, the, the, the body, the, like whatever sort of model it is, is, is actually like sort of secondary to the processor. So blue max is essentially just a droid brain with no body. 
And so Blue Max goes inside of Bollocks uh, into his chest cavity. And then Bollocks, who really doesn't have much personality or agency himself, is then sort of like they they sort of form a complete character, which is why I I, I am including them as sort of one guy. Mm. Um, but uh, they're the comic relief in in the Han Solo adventures stories. Um, and uh, I mean, like Blue Max is also a plot device at one point, but but which is how he kind of comes into the story. Um, but again, very, very similar stuff to L3 of like L3 is, you know, really what like charts the course through through the through Kessel to get them out. And and uh, Han takes all the credit. I, I but Blue Max is very similar. Uh, I can't remember. It's been so long since oh. I've read the books. I think Blue Max has the location of Star's End. And that's that's sort of like the like. The, the purpose of that character um, how, either that or is like able to decipher it i don't remember how far into sea of stars did you get again oh i i the underwater the underwater uh, okay village yeah why is there, there 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 is something coming to mind that is very similar to what you're Oh, nice. Describe. It's kind of messing with me a little bit. I know I need to get back into that game, but I but I jumped on the Pokemon train and, okay. and uh, I got to finish Pokemon. Okay. And then I got yeah. sidetracked from Pokemon from Pokemon uh, as I've been playing through Power Wash Simulator. So, uh, <laughs> yo, uh, Tina loves that game. Whole other thing. Oh, Power that Wash Simulator is so like, oh, it's just relaxing. It's just that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Bollocks and Blue Max are are. I love those books, the Brian Daly Star Han Solo stuff. Like his, the way he wrote those stories is how I wish that EU was handled in general. Um, it's not as serious. They are pulp adventures. They are very much the tone uh, of like what I like in Star Wars, and the movie Solo takes so much inspiration so much mm. inspiration not just like i said like the blue max thing and l3 like it's there's a direct correlation there and i'm sure if you talk to to john kasdan that he would tell you that 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 was an inspiration for that character mm. um and for that plot line um but like just like in terms of tone and stuff which is why i love solos so so much because it is just a straight up pulp adventure the stakes are very low they're high for our characters, but they're low for the galaxy, which I think is where the EU sort of should sit most of the time. I do also think that, you know, you get New Jedi Order and it's like, okay, you know, we're going to tell this epic story. Um, but then within that, I, it, it works for me the best when when the stakes are lower um, for the galaxy, but high for the character. Until I get to one of my other characters, which I'll talk about, <laughs> which is New Jedi <laughs> Order related. But um, uh, but yeah, Bollocks and Blue Max, they're great. Cool, Those yeah, books are I... so fantastic and they're such a quick read. You can read all three of them basically in the span of one modern Star Wars novel because they're yeah, about I've, I've never read them and, and uh, I had never even heard of those characters before now. So They're really good. They're full of tons of great characters. If you read them, you will then watch solo and be like oh oh Kira's <laughs> not a new character Kira is directly taken from these three characters like mm-hmm. there's there's inspiration one of those characters is Leia by the way um but I I uh, not that Leia shows up in the Brian Daly stuff but like when I look at Kira it's like there are a couple of characters from the Han Solo adventures 
that were sort of like mixed together with a little bit of Leia. And mm. it's like, that's how you get to Kira. Um, but yeah, those books are so good. And then there are also comic book adaptations of them as well. Um, it's funny because whenever I look up Bollocks and Blue Max, it's all, I always get like um, the like you see the images of them and like they're it's very uh, uh, Bollocks looks like one of the droids that's on the uh, Sandcrawler, um, uh, one of the the other protocol droids. Mm, uh, okay, yeah. I and um uh not the one that they ended up designing AP5 after which is also the the imperial one right but uh, one, of the, one of the other ones um but it's not how I imagine bollocks and blue max at all like I I have like a very sort of like um 1950s aesthetic for the two of them <laughs> cuz they're 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 also like sort of mentioned as being like like bollocks is an older droid so it was like uh, in my brain when I had read those stories, I had sort of pictured them as a little bit more like um, like bollocks is a little bit more like uh, like the the robot from uh, from Forbidden Planet, you know, uh, sort of, <laughs> okay. or like like Lost in Space, like sort of more along those lines. Um, and then we got a design very much like that in the sequel trilogy. I, I and that character shows up a ton in Resistance. He's my favorite character in Resistance. Uh, that that little I can't remember his name right now. But he's kind of got the tube arms. <laughs> that was okay. kind of how I always imagined. I always imagine bollocks is kind of like, like a, almost like a, a very like square body, um, like like a very like cuboid body, um, with sort of like a almost like a dome head, and then and then sort of those types of arms, and then like a chest cavity that opens up, and bollocks or and, and Blue Max goes in it, and Blue Max was kind of just like a talking TV screen sort of thing. Mm. Um, I should just I should draw my version of Bollocks and Blue Max at some point. Do it. What is and, stopping uh, you? And uh, just be like, this is this is what I had in mind when I was reading the book. Like this is this is what the books sort of imparted to me. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I love those characters. I think everybody should go read those books immediately. I should go read those books immediately. <laughs> I I really want to do. Um... I mean, this is obviously not related, but in terms of reading, because it's funny because I'm I keep saying, OK, I'll do that after this, after I do this, after I do this, yeah, after yeah. I do this, because I really want to do Dark Disciple for obvious reasons yeah. again quickly. And then I really want to do um, I never finished Brotherhood. I, I got really. Far oh, into wow. That. OK. Yeah, and yeah. for I mean, really both for the same reason. Um, yeah. And uh, once I'm done with those, I will I will try to track down a copy of that. Yeah, um, they just they did a re-release a year or two ago under the legends banner that is all okay, three cool. books in one nice. i'm fairly certain one I'm like omnibus certain. kind of thing yeah cool i have an older omnibus of them but then i also have individual copies of of all of the books mm. from that that i don't read i don't i don't dare <laughs> open them they're they're it just for my collection they're yeah. sacred <laughs> all right give me give me your next one uh all right i will do let's do delta squad it is cheating it is four of them but like yeah. let's be real it's leonardo donatello michelangelo yeah. Raphael as clone troopers and it's awesome and it was one of the first real depictions of clone troopers kind of having their own personalities mm-hmm. um because we didn't get that at all in attack of the clones we got alpha the arc trooper who is really just like super cool guy right like there, there wasn't much to him he was really really buff Captain Fordo, one of my favorite clone troopers of all time. Not much to him as a character. Um, just really awesome and fun to watch. Super 
action hero kind of stuff. And that's what a lot of the clones were until we got Delta Squad, really. So you had Scorch, who unfortunately now is is kind of a jerk in Bad Batch <laughs> yeah. Um, But he was Michelangelo, man. He was always cracking jokes, uh, kind of the heart of the group, very sweet, funny, um, totally lovable, loved blowing stuff up, had a lot of personality. Um, Sev was the uh, My Chemical Romance listening edgelord of the group. Sniper, really brooding, tough guy, almost loner, but not quite. Um, really the crosshair of uh, of Delta Squad. Fixer, super loyal, super by the book. You know, paint by numbers. Let's let's get everything done. Do everything the right way. Boy Scout. Um, yeah, he was he was almost tech with a little less personality, um, but like w- was always the the, the go to second in command guy. And then of course you, your boss. Like there wasn't a a ton to boss. But it was kind of, you know, I always feel because, you know, he was a first person character and voiced by Tamar Morrison. Um, I kind of always felt like I can kind of project myself onto boss and be the team leader of this group. So yeah. uh, Delta Squad was was introduced in 2005 in Public Commando first person shooter game. Really, really awesome and underrated at the time. I think now it's it's found like it kind of has a cult following. But at the time it was very um you know, forgettable content that people didn't really pay much attention to, but the people who love that game really love that game. And I'm one of those people. So it was amazing when they were brought back into Canon in the clone wars and kind of saved them from uh, not being Canon anymore, because otherwise, you know, obviously public commando has been kind of wiped. Um, But there really hasn't been anything with them since other than having scorch as kind of a henchman, to uh the main players in uh in the bad batch but this was a time that like i said you know there really weren't a lot of discernible personalities and this was also a time before d bradley baker where you can watch bad batch close your eyes and you'll know exactly which clone you're hearing they decided not to do that for this game because it really their main concern was well you're mostly going to be hearing their voices um, for most of the game, you need to know which squad mate is which. So every single clone trooper was voiced by a different voice actor mm-hmm. and had a totally different personality. And the, the mentality, other than you being able to know exactly who it was, it's also they kind of made it sound like, well, in universe, this is how clearly distinctive each one of those voices is and how easy it is for a clone trooper to discern, you know, the different members of their group. So it was definitely i guess a wise approach at the time before they found d who really did have that kind of versatility in his in his voice and i don't know if it's something that tamora could have handled not to you know smack talk him but i really think d bradley baker is just kind of lightning in a bottle as a voice actor in terms of his range um but, it's a certain discipline, right? Like, yeah, and, and, absolutely. And D, the, I mean, this is the thing with D is that like, uh, he, he he had the skill from the get go because he was sure. doing it from like day one with rookies, right? Mm-hmm. But if you really like chart that, if you really look at it, and you and you sort of watch the development of it over time, um, he built 
a skill set around playing the clones <laughs> right. and has like and has really like owned that space and like because the majority of the other stuff that d does is animal voices right? yeah Trained he ocean. crops up in other stuff yeah i i like all over avatar the last airbender right as as the voices of pretty much every animal that you meet in that series. I'm pretty um, sure he also did some ghosts in extreme ghostbusters. If I'm remembering correctly, that sounds accurate, <laughs> but I, I, but, but Tim, like, I think I, he has such a distinctive voice that, you know, like that's not, that's not the, it's not the type of actor that he is. Right. Of like, you know, disappearing into, into, into that specific part of it. Um, so yeah, I like I agree. It's it's definitely one of those things where it's like I don't know. I I I I wouldn't say that Dave got lucky. Dave had already worked with with D previously on Avatar the Last Airbender, which is how D got the job, right? But mm-hmm. um I mean, he got the job because he was the right guy for the job. But he was in the room because because uh because he had that pre-existing relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And had proven himself on that show. So, uh but but as Clone Wars has gone on and then obviously into Bad Batch, it's like that cuz Bad Batch is like above and beyond. Like like yeah. we will talk we say yeah. it all the time when we're when we're doing Rebel Cells. I forget constantly mm-hmm. that that's one guy doing all of those voices. Mm-hmm. Because Wrecker and Crosshair, not the same guy. Tech and Echo, not the same guy. Hunter, different, right? Like, and then you'll get like Hauser coming in, and you're like, this is a new clone, yeah, who is like a clone clone. But at the same time, it's like Hauser is Hauser. Like that characterization is so clear. Um, and and he's and he's really really nailed that. But Rex Gregor, Gregor is like, yeah, like, perfect. Yeah, I yeah, love it totally. Anyway, uh, yeah. Delta Squad is not <laughs> that. But it was the first time that they really decided, hey, yeah. I think it would be really cool to it would it would add a lot more yeah. emotional weight. To but I don't I don't yeah, I don't think that D gets to do what he does in the Clone Wars if Delta yeah. Squad doesn't establish this template, yeah. right? Yeah. And exactly. certainly, certainly Bad Batch doesn't end up existing in the way that it does. Mm-hmm. Because I think like George had his idea of what Bad Batch was and he wanted to have that be in the story because they're characters that he created. Right. But then I think that Dave brought a lot of Republic commando mm-hmm. into those characters. Oh, yeah. We talk about that all the 100%, time. Like yeah. ba- bad batch is the Republic commando show. It just, they just, George had another idea. He wanted to do something different from the Republic commandos. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean like that's why scorch is in there. Right. Like that's, that is specifically like a nod to us fans to go like, I acknowledgement. These characters yeah. are the Republic commandos they're they're not a one-to-one for each of those but but and I know I'm definitely that I'm vibe. super greedy because I feel like every bad batch uh wish list anytime we're talking <laughs> about what we hope to see yeah. I mean anyone who listens uh knows that I'm I my my number one pipe dream is that we get all of Delta squad versus the bad batch like I just want to see everybody else yeah. Um, just because we never got the resolution of what's going on with Sev, I just want to know he's around still because that story is no longer canon, right? So it's it's yeah. Um, I just want to see more of them. I'm happy that we we get Scorch, and it's it's a bummer to see Scorch the way he is because I don't think he's mischaracterized. I think it really is just a testament to, okay, well, 
he's one of the bad guys now. He's not that fun loving. Yeah, it's the chip. Funny guy anymore. He's a bad yeah. guy now. So like he he kind of lost that along the way. Um, so yeah, yeah, Delta Squad. I love him. I miss him. Please, please bring him back. Just hmm. just once, one episode. Because we're, I mean, I'm not going to, we won't get into it, but there's clearly a big, a big event coming where we're yeah. going to see a lot of clones all involved. And I just want them there. I don't care which side they're on. I just want them there. A thousand percent. Okay, all right, cool. You're up. I'm up. Okay. This one's going to be quick. This one's going to be short because okay. we actually talked a lot about these characters in a, in a fairly recent episode when we talked about our favorite comics and that's uh, tag and bink again i'm cheating awesome. this is this is two characters as one but they are not you can't you couldn't just have a tag story or a bink story they are tag and bink um and they make this list because the tag and bink comics are one of my favorite eu things so i and i think that they specifically make the list because like tag and bink is impossible to canonize by oh, nature yeah. of what it is it's meant to be glib and and satirical right like it's mm. sort of space balls within star wars yeah. um so they'll always be eu characters even though they did almost make it into uh solo um no. to the extent yeah yeah there's stuff that was shot dude oh I, no way yeah and they got they got cut out of solo oh um, i hate that yeah I, I, so yeah. Um, and it would have been a thing of like, like, I don't know that they would have called them out as tag and bank, but that it was like, for, but if you know, there, you yeah. know, yeah. right. Like these, this, oh, this, come this on. white guy and this black guy, <laughs> you oh, know, it's like, this is tag and bank. Um, they're just such fun characters. I, I, and it's a great way for us as fans to like self insert kind of mm. into, into star Wars. Um, and the comics, the, the tag and bank are dead comics are, are so, so much fun. So I'm going li- to like, just leave it there. Cause if you want more on that, I talked in a lot more detail on that previous episode. Go, so go back and listen to our episode about our favorite comics. Yeah. Um, cause I get into it, but I just, I love those characters. They're so much fun. Yeah. That, that was, that was my honorable mention. That was the one that I almost picked. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that series. It's so good. They, like you said, self-insert. They, they always asked the questions that we were asking, right? Yeah. So it was, it was very self-aware and and fun and yeah, oh, so good. Very much Star Wars, you know, pointing its finger at itself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So I will do. Let's see. I'll do HK forty-seven because I don't have a ton to say about him. Um. So I've always appreciated how different, like droids in star wars throughout the original trilogy are not just robots right like c-3po has his personality r2 has his personality even characters like ev99 have personality in a in a weird way um so i really appreciate every time they announce a droid with a new uh dynamic and personality and hk47 I kind of feel like we don't get IG-11 without HK-47 because IG-88 was just this like skinny robot standing around who didn't really do much of anything, doesn't have much of a personality. Like, yeah, we got stuff in the novels later on. Um, but HK-47 is uh, essentially an assassin droid from Knights of the Old Republic. 
uh, without going into too much detail, because I don't know if Tina will listen to this episode. I really want her to play Knights of the Old Republic. She still plans on playing it. She was holding out for the remake. We don't know if that's still going to happen or not. But I will say HK47 has a prior relationship with the main character, you. Uh, You lose your memories, and HK47's uh, memories were also erased. But what HK-47 comes to eventually learn uh, is that he is uh, very proficient at killing, really enjoys killing in a weird way. Um, not so much that he is just like a bloodthirsty sociopath. He just really has an appreciation mm-hmm. for creative ways to murder people. And his his manner of speech is really funny. And he's just really, he's just one of those characters that every time you kind of check in with him, he just has really funny stuff to say. And it just has this like weird, dark humor that he doesn't realize or like mean to be funny, but he just is. He's just like a very dark comic relief throughout that entire story. And his personality is just ridiculous. And at one point he gets this like, if I'm remembering this correctly, he gets this software patch where he is a pacifist for a little while. But Mm -hmm. they remove it because, like, he's not efficient at, like, being a helpful party member anymore, if I'm remembering remembering this right. It's been a while. Um, And then once it's removed, he's like, that was horrifying. Please never do anything like that again. Make sure you scan any updates that, you know, you you decide to, to give me. And... I just really loved his personality and it, it it was so different from anything we had kind of seen before. Maybe, maybe I'm like, I hadn't been exposed to it. Cause I know there was also bad guy droids in the droids, uh, dark horse series. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things in star Wars where like droids aren't just robots to be had. Right. There, there really is, personality to them there's more to them than just like yeah i'm a robot i can i can automate this thing for you it's not a big deal like like there really is a purpose to each of these um to each of these characters and i don't know i just loved it i love hk47 was such like a delight he was he was probably my favorite aspect of that entire of that entire thing other than like the big surprise that Mm -hmm. uh, is in that game but yeah, the, I mean, like there's a there's a direct line, I think, from C3PX to HK47 to K2SO to IG11. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like, yeah, like they are they're all cut very much from the same cloth. Yeah. And um, yeah, K2SO. Yeah, that's a good point. Same same yeah. kind of just like dry. Tell it like it is not trying to be funny, but hilarious because of how blunt and truthful yeah. and doesn't matter how hurtful it might be. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm, yeah, I, I, HK 47 is the highlight of Knights of the Old Republic as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I do think he is the best thing to have come out of that. Yeah. Um, and also, like, one of the things that I love about that character is as a droid, he is a unique design, right? Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of battle droid in there, mm-hmm. but he's also his own thing and he doesn't look like a knockoff of C3PO or a knockoff of this or that. Right. He's very much his own design. He's very distinct and it's a good design. So when you see him, it's like, Oh, that's HK for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate because a lot of Knights of the old Republic is very derivative design work, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons yeah. why I kind of get bored 
with everybody's like sort of uh, you know excessive praise of knights of the old republic uh is is that like i'm like yeah like there is good stuff in there but it is also very like you know like we were talking about with dash rendar it's very much we have star wars at home right like there's literally another yoda yeah at the head of the jedi council and he talks exactly like yoda yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's. I'm pretty there's... sure it's even voiced by Tom Kane too, if I remember correctly. So I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, um, but HK47 is the highlight. He stands yeah, out awesome. in that series. Uh, cool. Okay, let me jump into my next one. Do it. Uh, let's see. Who have I? Who have I done? I've done. I've done those characters. I have two left. So uh, I'm gonna save one for last because yeah, because uh, he is my number one. But I. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Afra. Let's go. Let's go with Doctor oh, Afra. So okay. Afra, Afra is a newer character. Obviously, she's a Disney sure. character. Okay. So technically canon, because they consider all of the Disney stuff to be canon. But she hasn't shown up in any of the live action or she's animated gonna. stuff. She she's has so to at some loved, point. Man, like she's she, gonna. Yeah, she has to at some point. Um. I love this character. She is basically uh, like an Indiana Jones in Star Wars, but she's she hasn't she hasn't quite had that moment yet uh, where she turns, you know, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved her. I love what they did with Afra because Afra was introduced in the Darth Vader comics. Mm-hmm. And um, what they did in those early Darth Vader comics, this is like we're going back to to like twenty. 14 ish i think um is that vader put together uh uh, what is basically a shadow version of the heroes of star wars right Mm -hmm. so that's where chrysanthemum comes in who is obviously a shadow version of chewbacca i i triple zero and i what's the other one b it's bt something right yeah, um, I don't little, know. I mean, honestly, I don't remember their names. It's been a there's long one triple zero is name. yeah triple zero is the protocol droid, and then I think it's BT something is the is the little astro droid, um, who, who are obviously three PO and R two, and Afra is um is the shadow version of of Leia and Han mixed together, mm-hmm. um, so like Vader has his own like his own little crew that he goes around because the part of that storyline is that the emperor basically like after the failure of the death star um, demotes Vader. Right. And so Vader is in like a competition with um, the guy in, in, in a new hope. That's that, that's like uh, the power of the force is insignificant next to, or like, like, or don't Uh, you don't try yeah, is it Madi? Yeah, I think it's Madi. Yeah, it's one of them. It, it, or is it? Is is one of them Tag? I don't. I, can't I thought Madi died on the Death Star. I don't know. I don't remember that. It's one of them. It's one of the guys from that scene, and he like is basically like Vader. Like Vader uh, uh, fails, and he's like trying to take Vader's place as mm-hmm. Palpatine's right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end of that, you get to a thing where you find out that he's got like a bunch of like artificially created Jedi that that Vader ends up fighting, and mm. it's there's some really cool stuff in there. But in the course of that, so Vader is kind of not he doesn't have a lot of resources. He doesn't have the the entire 
empire at his disposal. Um, so he has to get a little bit clever and, and ends up sort of recruiting this group. And Afra is, is the most standout, I think of those characters. Um, at the time in the comics, I think Kersantin has, has overshadowed her at this point, but only because he gets to be Boba's Chewbacca. So that, mm. uh, that, that kind of launched him up a little bit higher, but, um, I, but yeah, Afra has a great backstory of like, she basically comes from, uh, you know, like this sort of rich family background, but, uh, but has kind of gone off on her own and forsaken all of it because, um, Cause she's sort of after adventure. She's, she's seeking out adventure. Um, but she's very like sarcastic. She's very, she's very like witty and wry and, and, uh, uh, but always, always, always in over her head, which is very much the Indiana Jones aspect of it. Cause she's, a, she's an archeologist as well. Um, but she's like a space archeologist. Mm. That's where the doctor part of her name comes from. She is a doctor of space archeology. Um, but, uh, but to me, the thing that makes her the most Indiana Jones and not just a space archeologist is that she is constantly, constantly getting herself into more trouble than she right. can handle and, and somehow managing to get out of it, which is like, that's, that's, if you're doing an Indiana Jones story, that has to be, it's not, it, Indy can't be capable, right? Like, like you always have to feel like Indiana Jones just barely made it out of that one. Mm. Right. It's the, it's the, what's your plan? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. Right. Like, like that aspect of it is like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to, we're going to take that, the the flying wing. And then the dude comes out and he's got to fight this dude three times his size. And you're like, there's no way that Indy can beat this guy. He is actually not capable of beating this guy, but through happenstance and luck gets out of it and is, and then, and then it's like, Hey, it's all me. And it's, and everybody else around him is like, no, it's not. Um, I, and Afra is very, very, very much that character when she's yeah. at her best. Um, for example, getting involved with Darth Vader in the first place is like, this is a very <laughs> bad idea. He will kill you at some point. Um, but she always manages to get out of it by the skin of her teeth. So I, uh, again, just, just like Jackson, this character is on my list because I would really, really like to see Afra get the live action treatment. Um, this character deserves, she really honestly deserves her own live action show. Um, and I, I think that it would be a really, really cool move for Lucasfilm because it would be a, an Asian woman in the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, granted, we've got we do have uh, Sabine on Ahsoka, but I but I think it would be really cool to to I think it'd be really cool to have a Star Wars TV show that actually isn't connected into anything else, <laughs> um, and just have her going on adventures, sort of from week to week. Yeah, um, that'd be neat. And have it be a little bit less. Um, connected into the overall stuff but uh, i don't know if we're ever gonna get anything star wars like that i don't think we will i don't think we will either but i would like it i would like to see yeah i i'd Um, be down for it which is kind of what i was expecting to be honest when disney bought star wars i was like oh they're gonna do like a bunch of stuff other than what we know already they're gonna like really go for it but so far it's been a lot of uh connective tissue which i don't have a problem with but 
I am yeah. surprised that we're this far in and we still don't have anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's weird. I mean, like the High Republic kind of is that, but then mm. has so much connective tissue. Like like if like if you fell behind after the first initial launch release of the High Republic, you were lost. <laughs> right? It's like I hear people talk about the High Republic now and I'm like they've they've fit a decade's worth of content into like the last 3 years. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's impossible to keep up with. Um I mean, it's not impossible. There are people doing it, but it's impossible for me to keep up with it. Um, but I'm yeah, really Afra, hoping, I'm I'm hoping Star Wars Outlaws falls into this category, though. Yeah, it Just could. Like, yeah, it, let it, it do its could. own thing, man. Like it doesn't have, yeah. like you said before, it doesn't have to be a bigger event of the galaxy. Just make yeah. it a big event for the characters. Like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Let's just play in the galaxy. Like, let's yeah. just play in the galaxy. Yeah. It's a big enough sandbox. Not everything has to be connected to the Skywalker family. Yeah. Um, although, like, Afra ultimately is. And I don't know, because I haven't kept up with the comics with her. Because um, I know that she's she has her own ongoing series as well. Um, but I, I, I assume that she's, like, sort of disentangled from, from Vader at this point. So, you know, you would just sort of tell stories at that at that point um in the story but because she's all but she was introduced obviously immediately after a new hope and kind of has to be gone by the time you get to empire right because mm. if if kersantin and afra and triple zero like if that whole crew was still around then why would vader have contacted boba fett and the bounty yeah, hunters right. right he would have just used them um so i don't know i i like i said i haven't kept up with stuff because a because of the 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 speed at which all of that stuff comes out. It's like, it feels like there's like 12 ongoing star Wars series at any given time. But I, I be it. Yeah. It just, there's this, the quality is not all there, but mm. Afra's got some good stuff. I think I read the first two volumes of her, of her solo series and they were good. Um, that got more into like her backstory with her father and, and, and you know, her, her family and her history. She's a character in star Wars who has living parents that makes her unique. <laughs> uh, I, just just by virtue of that um yeah afro's great uh okay what's your second to last all right i'm gonna go with vilmar grark also known as villy uh are you familiar with this character do you know not at all i mean oh, i might dude. once you start talking about him i might i might it okay. might click but so I, yeah. he is the uh Devaronian from the Star Wars Republic comics. I think he was okay. in I think he was introduced in like a mini series around the time of Phantom Menace came out where he was working with Sidious. Um but he's basically this uh bounty hunter dude who is super in it for himself, uh like always screwing people over just to get paid, super greedy, really funny, always s- speaks about himself in the third person, like his way of speaking was really funny. His, his answers are always really funny. And he basically somehow by accident becomes friends with Quinlan Voss while he's undercover. And, um, ultimately ends up developing a little bit of a conscience and ends up saving his life during order 66 Hmm. and, uh, goes on to cover for him because he's involved in the uh, Republic campaign. He's being paid, but he's 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 involved in the uh, Republic campaign on Kashyyyk. And um, when Quinlan Voss essentially 
gets away, has his final confrontation with his clone commander. Uh, he's able to kill the clone commander. I think I'm pretty sure Billy helps him. And then um, there's a bunch of like clone bodies everywhere. So he tells Quinlan, hey, run for it. He could sell him out and doesn't. Um, tells Quinlan Voss to, to run for it. Burns all the clone trooper bodies. The clones come and, are, and basically are like, hey, what happened here? And he's just like, oh, I uh, everybody died. So I'm Quinlan Voss is dead. I burned his body because uh, I just I think he deserves it. I think he, he deserved a, uh, you know, a proper burial burning funeral thing. And uh, they buy it and they cover because like they know that he's the type of person to screw um, somebody like that, like Quinlan Voss over. So they are like, oh, OK, that checks out. And then uh, he kind of helps him while he's on the run uh during order 66 but we don't really see a lot of him after that but he's just like really entertaining he's a really entertaining character to read especially in the republic series um anytime he showed up you knew he was going to be entertaining he actually had his own story in i think issue three of star wars tales which is my favorite comic book series period not just star wars like ever it's that anthology series of star wars stories that is so fun and, and like just every issue was a grab bag of stuff, kind of like Star Wars Visions is. Um, and he has his own story where same kind of thing where he was basically hired, if I remember the story correctly, he was hired to help transport this little girl uh, who is the princess of uh, whatever the planet's uh, hierarchy is and um, monarchy rather. And uh he's hired to get her out of the palace because some, I think the uncle or, or somebody is usurping the throne and uh, the bodyguard is with them and he double crosses them, but it's really just a ruse to kind of distract the people who are, who are after him. And, you know, the bodyguard doesn't trust him the whole time. And the comedy comes from, is he really whose side is he on and it's it's so good he's such a like fun character to read um i don't know if he's my number two he's just he's just the number two spot right now because i'm like you said it's just every week it's a different order of operations in terms of who your favorite is but he's so awesome like if i i can't recommend the stuff that he's in uh enough because he's he's such a great character to to read there's not much going on there but he's just really really fun and um yeah i just i i love him he's he's just got he's got that toothy scary deveronian grill that the deveronian in the most Eisley cantina has when we first see him it's not the same character but he's obviously like looks very similar because he's another mm. red deveronian yeah. uh but yeah. yeah he's awesome super jacked really good <laughs> shot like he's he's awesome he's great cool yeah, I did th- those comics like that that era of the comics I just like missed out on. Yeah, um, they're awesome. Cool. All right, I all right. Well, I get here. Here we go. Here's here's my That's big it. one. This, this is it. my this is my number one on the list. Pull the trigger. Uh, it's Coran Horn. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Coran is is a is a is such a great character, uh, for a billion reasons. But um, oh man, I now I have to remember the title of the the book that that. It's, there's the new jedi order one i mean everybody's gonna know if you know if you know corn the the um the one where like he the the athorian home planet gets destroyed right um it's one i think it's a two-parter 
I think it's man. All I can think is Dark Nest, and that's not it. That's the is it Dark Tide, Dark Tide one and two. Um, I don't know. I I I had not read it. Yeah, I. So, Koran is is I I. It's funny because I don't really like. I haven't gone back and like because I just most of Legends, most of the EU most of even the current EU, I just like, I find so many of the books should just be exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I know that like he's introduced in I Jedi. Right. But, um, I, but I didn't really get to know him until, uh, or maybe he's even introduced in, in the rogue squadron series. Cause he was a rogue squadron pilot. Um, but it, I, I got to know him during the new Jedi order and, um, I fell in love with him in those books because he was almost like the counterpoint to Kip Duran and everybody hates Kip. So, um, <laughs> and that's one of those characters where it's like, no, we're all right. We're all right to hate Kip Duran. There's a, there's a lot of reasons to dislike Kip because Kip, I think this is, this is the funny thing. Kip Duran is the character that I think everybody th- like he's the, he is, he is, he is star Wars manifesting who, all of the Luke Skywalker fans would be if they were in star Wars. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. They all, cause like Kip is the character that you write. If you think you're writing Luke Skywalker. Um, and then Coran Horn, I think is like the antithesis of that. He is like, he's, he's, he's the, the, the complete and polar opposite of that. Um, He's a like a, by the time that we get to New Jedi Order and that stuff, he's a very wise, very powerful Jedi Knight. Um, but I, uh, but he he doesn't have. Uh, man, the why is the Wikipedia article on Kip or on Corrin Horn so short? This doesn't make any sense. This is a stub about a character. Are you looking at because uh, there's the legends and the and the canon. Oh yeah. It's on the Canon tab. I'm like, where is the rest of this article? Um, this character has like, cause he is Canon now. What? Ah, I'm trying, uh, maybe I am on the, maybe I'm on the legends one. Maybe I need to be on the Canon one, but, but most of his story is not Canon. Right. So I don't know. This is, it's really interesting. This is not, this is not, I'm, I'm blaming this on, on Wikipedia. There we go. Okay, now it's open properly. Okay. Um, if it weren't covered in blinking, expanding ads, I'd actually oh, be dude. able to like, look at Wikipedia is killing me lately. It's the worst. It's the worst. Um, yeah. So like, like in in his history. So this is the thing: is that Corin Horn has done everything there is to do in the Star Wars galaxy. I I he worked for Corsac, so he was a security guard slash cop for a while I, I and then he he flew with rogue squadron and then he becomes a jedi uh, he becomes a, a knight and then like eventually i think i think he has a, a, a um a padawan at some point but uh yeah i uh, let's see because yeah because he's a jedi he becomes a jedi during like the pre new jedi order stuff in in i jedi um but then i but then ends up, you know, being one of the central characters of the new Jedi order. And in that time in the new Jedi order, he was like, to me, he, uh, he felt very much, um, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi of that era, 
there's like and and so obviously now everybody sees where i'm connecting these dots i've connected them they're they're connected um because he just he he has very much that same obi-wan quality of like he's very even keel he's very um logical and methodical when it's necessary but isn't like soulless or you know um faux autistic as uh as 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 a lot of writers like to create those sort of like crutch characters of like this character is very detached but super intelligent and it's like you're just describing autism without <laughs> saying autism but that's fine um and without actually characterizing a character properly and just make re- being reductive right but like he but like he is very good at sort of like detective mode stuff but then also uh like feeling and uh and 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 um and emotion so he uh he isn't able to do telekinesis with the force he's like it there's he has some sort of a block where like he can't do it he can't connect to the force in that way but he does connect to the force through living things um like like more deeply than than other jedi this is an ability that that ezra ends up having as well right that animal affinity thing Mm. um it plays out over the course of new jedi order in him um obviously connecting with the authorians and then when their home world is destroyed by the yuzan vong he feels it like really deeply but that leads him down the path to zonoma sekat and really ultimately like zonoma sekat is what stops the war right it doesn't necessarily win the war the war just ends because zonoma sekat shows up um in conjunction with Boba Fett with his own clone army and all of that. But, but the, like Zenoma Sekat and the Yuzen Vong and all of that backstory and stuff like that ends up being sort of like the, the way that all of that culminates in the new Jedi order. And Koran is the one who like discovers Zenoma Sekat and, and, and sort of initiates all of that, that part of like the end game of the story. Um, and it is because of his very specific connection to the force, to the living force. Um, and so I just like when when he's written really well, I uh, he's a he's just he's a very well rounded character. Again, the polar opposite of Kipteron. Kipteron is a very surface, very. I, this is one of those things. Everybody hates Kipteron, right? Like that's like we all agree. Everybody in the Star Wars fandom, Kipteron's the worst. But he's also like he's supposed to be the worst. So actually, I kind of love Kipteron because <laughs> like that he he fulfills the role that he's meant to play. If I were casting, if I were casting the New Jedi Order as like a like if we were gonna do like the Legends New Jedi Order as a as a movie series, I would cast Andy Samberg as Kipteron. <laughs> okay, and I would have him play it totally straight, right? Like like very serious, very dramatic. But you'd all like. If you did that with Andy Samberg, and I'm talking, we're not, I'm not talking about like modern Andy Samberg. I'm talking like, like, you know, like early 2000s Andy Samberg. You would hate that character so much. (laughs) You would hate him so much because you'd be like, I know you want to make a butt joke right now. I know you do. Uh, But you're holding back. You're being serious because you think you're a Jedi. Um, You're so serious that you're going to fall to the dark side 
and then come back immediately. There's no consequences whatsoever. I, I, anyways, I, the, so funny because there are people out there who are like hardcore about this stuff, right? About the expanded universe that know these characters so, so well. And like, I am saying things that I know from like having read the essential chronology and like <laughs> Wikipedia entries and, and stuff like that. I have not read all of these stories. I just know that Kip is the worst. And in the New Jedi Order stuff that I read, it was always like, oh my God, this guy is so obnoxious um and yeah so i don't know like i always i i i would actually love to just see the two like those two characters paired together more often and and uh koran and kip because they because they're so like it's like buddy cop dynamic right of like these guys do not get along but you know Koran is a good jedi because he's put in the work kip is a good jedi because just because of like sheer like aptitude right he's just very very uh powerfully connected to the force right um he said oh my god kip is such a self-insert he's such a like <laughs> he's like kip is a mary sue you guys want to you guys want to talk about what a mary sue actually is because that's what a mary sue actually is is like a self-insert like and then kip duran hangs out with this character and this character and luke skywalker tells him he's a good jedi and it's like this just it's just star wars fans self-inserting into the new jedi order <laughs> um and that post post return of the jedi era but anyways the jedi academy stuff i koran to me works because kip exists which is why i have to talk about him so much as a character (laughs) i because they're really like uh, almost like two sides of the same coin um and that this is back we're talking about back when every character in the expanded universe was a white guy with brown hair Mm -hmm. i (laughs) they're all the same dude uh because i am pretty sure that you are about to also talk about a white guy with some brown hair i sure am it's really funny that we've ended on these two characters because <laughs> like because these two characters end up being essentially the same dude by the end of the new jedi order yeah but um but but yours starts in a different place so it uh, does I, it does uh so kyle katarn he is my guy. I am huge on video games. I I've probably spent the most time with this character um, mm-hmm. than anything else because of how how much time I spent playing. Let's say Dark Forces, yeah, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces Two, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got his own little novel series. He was the first expanded universe figure that i ever bought it was insane to me oh my god they're making figures that aren't just the movies anymore we're getting video game characters now that blew my mind i i I could not wait for that figure to come out it was an agonizing like six month wait from the point that i saw his figure in a toy fair magazine um till actually finding it and just like there there's a lot to him like there's a lot to that like in in dark forces not so much right like he's just doom guy janors is just your your uh guy in a chair right like there mm-hmm. there isn't a ton going on in that video game but i spent so much time playing that video game so i really was like oh okay yeah this guy's really strong because of all of these things that he did and he doesn't afraid of anything um but then jedi knight comes out and all of a sudden kyle has a character arc and in retrospect, they went back to kind of coincide with the game. 
and released these three. I forget what they're actually called because they're not graphic novels and they're not novels. They're basically the size of a graphic novel, hardcover books of that are a novel, but they also have these really awesome illustrations throughout the whole thing. And there's a trilogy of these books telling the story of Dark Forces all the way through the end of Jedi Knight. And they really give a yeah. lot more depth to not just Kyle, but also Jan. Jan is very similar to Cassian in the sense that, like, yeah, she was in this fight since she was really young. Mm. She was ready to kill Kyle, but basically the first time that they met, Kyle was a stormtrooper officer. He had the chance to uh, kill Jan and a bunch of other rebels that they found during this, like, big botched Imperial mission. He felt, like, this weird force connection between the two of them. He decided to spare them, and that just kind of, like, set off their story together. And then later on, when she runs into him, she spares him because he spared her. But she feels this like weird connection to the force between them, even though she's not force sensitive. And uh, there, there's a lot to them. Like the, she was ready to she betrays him at one point by spying on him because Mon Mothma doesn't trust him at all because he's ex-imperial. Once, once he he defects because Jarek murders his father and like lies to him about it. <laughs> and then Kyle jumps ship and joins the rebellion. And it's. It's there's a lot more to him than just guy in video game, get lightsaber, swing real fun. So it really I don't know what it is that like there's still something so charming about watching those really horrible CG cutscenes that don't hold up well at all anymore um, because it was before the prequels and your understanding of Jedi and like what this Valley of the Jedi thing is, you know, essentially it's this kind of MacGuffin that, oh, well, if the bad guys get it, he's going to be a super Jedi. So you have to get it first so that you become the super Jedi. But Kyle doesn't want that power. But in the novel, it's actually explained like, yeah, no, it's just the souls of these thousands of dead warriors in this giant war that everybody died and it's trapped in the same place. And it's just this like amplification of the force as a result that, you know, these these souls are suffering. The good and the bad are all suffering there. And, you know, either the villain is going to take that that negative emotion and use it to kind of supercharge himself. Or you can come in and be the, the good guy and free those souls so that not only do the bad guy not uh, uh, the bad guy doesn't get that power. Uh, you are also doing the good deed of, of you know saving all of those 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 trap souls and then you go on to jedi outcast and it's it, the story is even more interesting because kyle was turning to the dark side i forgot mysteries of the sith the, the dlc where mara jade become you play as mara jade and kyle actually falls to the dark side and you have to fight him at the end of that story so kyle has his own redemption story arc and he walks away like he turned to the dark side and walked away and he gave his lightsaber to luke and said i can't do this but then he goes off and he and Jan are still doing rebel missions together. And then mm -hmm. another dark Jedi comes in and, and just like kidnaps Jan and Kyle knows he can't defeat him. So he has to go back to Luke and, and now he has to walk the line between light and dark again and figure it out, even though he's terrified of falling to the dark side and, you know, which is kind of counterproductive because fear leads to anger. You know, the whole spiel, but there's so much to him. And, 
when we see him in the books that like the the new jedi or like there's not much to him right like like you said he's just kind of the same character and he's just kind of oh yeah and kyle is there too but the stuff that focuses on kyle is so awesome and i remember i don't know if it's just because those games were first person and they were really the only first person games i was playing at the time but it really kind of helped me connect to that character especially in dark forces because he was just a, a self-insert. There's just nothing there. He's Link, yeah. right? Like, he doesn't yeah. really speak much. It's just you. You put yourself in that kind of character. And then he gets all that character development. So for me, I'm just so attached to that character. And, like, the novels really made me feel for him and and, and feel sorry for him and, and care about him. I don't know. I feel like I'm just kind of... Uh, I'm very excited about this character, but like there's there's probably not that much to him. But because it was imprinted on me at such a young age and such a time that like Star Wars for me was this just like magical thing when I saw the trilogy. And then to learn that there's more Star Wars other than the movies. I just I'll never forget that feeling of how big the possibilities were. And Kyle was kind of my um my gateway drug to all that stuff. So yeah, Kyle, he's awesome. awesome. Chuck Norris of star Wars. Yeah. He is a great character. Uh, and, and, uh, he'll eventually make it back into the canon. I'm sure. Eventually. I don't know. I don't know because like he originally stole the death star plans, right? Like that's the, fr- <laughs> it was much easier and yeah. have very first level of dark forces than uh, what happened with rogue one. But like, I feel like they took a lot of the interesting things about him and already kind of put it in Kanan, put it in Cassian and Jyn Erso mm. and, and all, like, I feel like we don't need Kyle anymore. Like he, like the purpose that he served in the old canon has already kind of been done better spread through other characters. Yeah. Um, there is but a I lot will, of Kyle Katarn in Kanan. You're right. There's a yeah. lot in Kanan's character. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't I would love it, but I don't know that he would be the same character anymore. Hmm. Kind of yeah. how Book of Boba Fett is not the same Boba Fett character that we were familiar yeah. with. Although yeah. I really didn't like that Boba Fett character, if I'm being totally honest. I never cared about Boba Fett in before in before Fett. Mando. Yeah. Like, before yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, we've talked about that a ton on when we did our Book of Boba Fett recaps, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Is that like that? That was a character that I just like when I was young. I thought he was the coolest because I, all I cared about was the way that he looked. And then as I got older, I was like, "There's nothing here. Like, there's nothing of substance to this character." Mm-hmm. And everybody who says it's like it's like people who say that they love Batman, and it's like you don't actually love Batman. You love the idea that you have in your head of Batman. Um, and Boba Fett's the same thing, right? And then, and then Book of Boba Fett and Mando like brought this character back and then like recontextualized him, and is like, I that character I love. It's very similar to my journey with Darth Maul, right? Where it's like Darth Maul was a character that I was like, this guy is just a look. That's all he is. It's just Ray Park doing some flippy dippies with a double bladed lightsaber. 
yeah, that's neat. It's really cool. He looks great, but there's a reason why he dies at the end of Phantom Menace and doesn't come back. Yeah. And then George was like, uh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> and brought him back. And I, uh, and I was like, I, you could go back, you could go back to old episodes of front lines and listen to me. And I was probably like, this is dumb. We have Savage press. I don't know why we need to bring back Darth Maul. I think that this is a bad idea. And then you get to the end of season five of clone wars. And I'm like, I love this character. And then you get through <laughs> rebels and I'm like, this is, he is, he's Obi-Wan's nemesis, right? Like he is Obi, like, like the two of them are like sort of locked in that, that eternal battle until they're both gone. And I'm like, it was at that point that I was like, Oh man, Oh man, Sam, what, what are you doing to me? Darth Maul is number five on my top favorite characters, right? Like I, and he's my favorite villain in star Wars because of everything that they did throw and all that stuff. So I, yeah, there's, it's, it's never too late for any character. I think like, that's the most interesting thing about star Wars is that Ahsoka was annoying when she was introduced. She is now, possibly the best written character in the entire saga. <laughs> um, I don't disagree. I hated a, her. I a, hated that yeah. character. Oh, dude. In that movie, it was like, oh, yeah, hey, Sky Guy, r 2 And I'm like, R2 is already her. a nickname. I you can't nickname her. a nickname. What are you doing? <laughs> she was so annoying in that first movie. And then over the course of that series, it was like, so kind of a badass. And then... And then the Clone Wars ended and it was like, it started to become nostalgic. And then when she shows up in Rebels, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, Mm -hmm. she's so cool in Rebels. And then her series has just like taken that and just multiplied that to infinity. Like she's, she's so good in the Ahsoka series and everything that she goes through and the, 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 all the stuff with Anakin. Like, it's just, it's so good. So that like that to me, like that is. I don't know. We'll talk about EU characters. And I, I think that's kind of like the final note on here is that like it, it's, it is never one. Okay. My honorable mention, which I'll say really quick, the character that I took off and then said Afra instead was Gilad Pelion. Right. And mm-hmm. the reason why is because I'm like, well, he's now been introduced in, in Mando and we're going to see a bunch more of him in Mando. He's another great example of like, Gillard is not that interesting of a character in the heir to the empire stuff, right? He's just sort of there to voice opinions on Thrawn. He's just there to tell us how cool Thrawn is so that, um, so that Thrawn has to, doesn't have to say it himself. Right. So, so Pelion's just always like, Oh my God, Thrawn is so smart. And it's like, well, I guess he's <laughs> smart then. Cause Pelion's telling us that. But then once again, during the new Jedi order, this character was fleshed out so much um, and in the midst of utter chaos and the galaxy in flames, he was the sole voice of reason in the empire in the Imperial remnant that was like, what are we doing? Why are we fighting for the empire? Like, 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 like really like what was it about the empire? And he was the character that made me go like, Oh, not everybody in the empire was a Nazi, even though they were Nazis. And so it's like, you are definitely guilty by association, but mm. he has a redemption arc in the new Jedi order where he makes up for the fact that he was a part of all of that, right. By being the guy who's like, we, I am going to take whoever I can in the, in the remnant with a brain 
that understands that if we don't work with the new Republic, we are all going to die. Mm -hmm. And he takes a bunch of Star Destroyers and a bunch of troopers and a bunch of officers and, and joins the new Republic. And by the end of the new Jedi order is one of the heroes of that era. Right. Like he is, he like, he's, he's one of the reasons that they survive as long as they do. Um, and has this great arc and becomes this totally like fleshed out, interesting, rounded character that like started in a series of books that I absolutely despise assisting <laughs> a character that I hated. Right. And Do you Thrawn... really, you, you don't like out of the empire of Thrawn. No, I Well, I just, I, I find Zahn's writing of Thrawn to be very, very um, exhausting. It's very like, there's so much of like, well, I know exactly where Luke Skywalker is going to pop out of hyperspace because I've, studied his blah 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 and so now i can predict what he's gonna do and it's like you know where he's gonna be because the the author is you Hmm. that's why you know right and it's like the that those books never actually explain how thrawn understands the tactics they just have these scenes of peleon and thrawn playing chess whatever space chess or whatever right Hmm. That where like Peleon from his perspective is constantly like, man, he's always five steps ahead. And that's it. That's the explanation. (laughs) It's just like, it's, 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 which is fine in other stuff, but in star Wars, I want my villain. If that's going to be the focus of the villain, I want it. Anytime you have a villain that's like tactically ahead. I, I have the same problem with the dark Knight, right? With, with Joker in the dark Knight. When you really scrutinize that story, um, which you shouldn't just enjoy that movie. It's not worth scrutinizing it. But if you do really break down the Joker in that movie, logistically, it's like there's no, there's really not very much rhyme or reason to how he knows to be in certain places at certain times and is able to do certain things and get away with certain stuff other than the fact that the story dictates it. Mm. Right? So that Batman has a villain that he cannot overcome. That's it. That that's the Joker is able to accomplish what he accomplishes in the Dark Knight because he must for Batman's story to play out the way that Batman's story needs to play out. So he, it's really just like it's a lot of contrivance, and Thrawn in that story is very similar. And then so many people like hang their hat on that aspect of Thrawn being the cool part of his character, and it wasn't until he was reintroduced in Rebels and then existed as a character with actual tactics and who like explained what he was thinking. And they wrote that character, like they wrote out step-by-step how Thrawn was able to dismantle everything that the rebels were doing. Right. Mm. Um, That made me appreciate that character. Right. Uh, uh, And then what we've gotten of him in Ahsoka is interesting to me because he's actually um, that part is still intact, but there's something else there and I can't put my finger on it yet. And and I don't think I'm supposed to be able to, because we're not there. We haven't gotten that part of the story yet. So it's like, there's like this mysterious aspect to him now of like, because of his connection with Dathomir and the night sisters now that it's like, what's going on with this character? Because he Mm -hmm. is not the solely logical tactical mind that he was before. There's some, like, there's more to it now. Right. Um, 
which I find like fascinating. I want to know. I want the answers to that question. Yeah. The only way that that won't work for me is if they end up not doing that, right? Is if they end up abandoning that part of the story and we don't get an answer to to the transformation that he went through on his time, you know, in the other galaxy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I really don't like I really don't like the Air of the Empire stuff. I, I it's funny cuz like so many characters come out of that Mara Jade and talent card and like there's a bunch of great characters that come out of those stories but the stories themselves are kind of what irk me right um i don't know i'm just not a big fan of that trilogy and i I know that it's heretical to say that (laughs) but yeah it's yeah i don't know it's not it's just not for me it's just not for me and like i don't begrudge anybody else but like for my taste and for what i want it just doesn't work but uh, well, anyone yeah. who's listening, I say it's OK that you don't like it. So nobody give Michael a hard time. All right, everyone. We all agree. OK, good. It's funny because nobody ever has, which <laughs> like because I've been griping about Thrawn like forever on mm. on podcast because I've I've never liked the character. Right. And when they were introducing him in Rebels, I talked about it a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I. Uh, but I think that I've done a good enough job of explaining why it doesn't work for me that like, mm-hmm. nobody's ever like come at me. Like you're wrong. You don't, yeah, it's fair. And like, I have a couple of friends who like, uh, uh, who, who are like hardcore Thrawn fans <laughs> and they've, they've always just been like, okay, you don't like the character. That's fine. Um, yeah. One, uh, Cheryl bell who i i has she been on this podcast no she i no she's been on perfect 10 we did indiana jones together she's a massive indie fan um the only thing that she's a bigger fan of than indiana jones i think is thrawn she loves the character she is the opposite of me though she hates what they did to him in rebels um she she because she loves the book version so much Mm. so she looks at the rebels version and goes like this isn't really thrawn and I, it's it's really funny because we sit on opposite sides of that. We we'll talk about it all the time, but I, I, yeah. It, but she's never been like, "You're an idiot and you're wrong." It's always like, "Yeah, okay, I get, I, I can see how that would not like if that's if that's your perspective on it, how you would not like that character, right?" So, so I don't know. I think I've done a good enough job, or 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 just nobody's listening to the podcast. It's just you know. A little column A, a little column B. Yeah, nobody cares. Just nobody cares what I have to say about any of it. So, <laughs> I, that's it. We did it. We did a podcast, Joe. And I said, I said we got to keep it to an hour and a half. And here we are at two hours. But Pretty I, good for us, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't now ask me a question that has a forty-five minute answer. I will be all right. We'll I will not be. Um, thank you guys for listening. And, uh, and, and uh, I thank you for everybody supporting us on Patreon that does. Um, again, I will remind you guys of the, uh, the, of our Patreon pledge drive that's going on in the month of February and all of the bonus content. Um, and, and I, I, we have to figure out what our bonus content is for force perspectives. We've, we've, we've talked about other things. We've talked about Thunderquack. Um, but we haven't talked to uh, Joe and I need to figure out what we're going to do for our bonus episode for force perspectives. If you guys have any ideas or something that you want us to do, that would be great. Uh, bonus content. Um, let us know. Let us know. 
uh, if you just have topics and stuff that you want us to talk about, cause we kind of just, we kind of just like throw stuff out there and go, what do you want to talk about? I, uh, yeah. And then we just give our terrible opinions on it. Uh, what, um, when, when do we want to record that by whatever we're going to do? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's gotta be out by the end of February. So, okay. you know, yeah. You and I, you and I had talked about something earlier today. I don't yeah. know if the timing of that one will work out, but I will I will find out what I can find out. It would be perfect. It would be perfect. Yeah, and let's just keep it cryptic for everybody. Yeah. It would be really yeah. cool. If it if, happens. If, it's, yeah, if we could do oh, that. Yeah, it's pretty um, awesome. And I think that you guys will. It, it is something that we will do at some point, no matter what. But if yeah, we could do it as sure. the bonus content, it would be something that everybody would then feel obligated to give us $5 <laughs> for. Um, yeah, it would be good. I, I, I don't know. Stay tuned social like make sure that you're following us on all of our social media i i at force pov um this is the easiest one because i managed to like get consistent across all of the social media platforms so i i instagram twitter facebook it's all at force pov um follow us and uh and as soon as we know what that bonus content is we will announce it and uh, uh and when it's released we'll we'll announce it as well so do that Go listen to the Thunderquack podcast as well, which is Joe and I will record. We're doing that one next week. And uh, th- that the meat of that episode is going to be us talking about that killer new Ghostbusters trailer. Huh. Dude, dude, it's so good. It's so good. My God. I save it. I That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. And we this week, this month's episode. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Thunderquack Force Perspectives. Our opening theme is composed for us by Christy Carew. Follow Force Perspectives on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ForcePOV. And join us on Discord at thunderquack.com discord. Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.